Well, Merry Christmas Eve, my friend. Merry Christmas Eve to you, my good friend. Yeah, I am. Uh, let's see. It's Monday morning as we record this, and I'm sitting here all warm and toasty. I've got my uh, Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt on and Dallas Cowboys beanie on. We uh, secured a spot in the playoffs yesterday. I know everybody's super, super excited about that. And uh, I actually have Christmas music playing on my HomePod in the background. Oh, Christmas. Uh, <laughs> you're into the Christmas spirit, I can tell already. A little bit, but I really just wanted to segue into my new HomePod. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what a great way to do it. <laughs> it was just so subtle. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> subtle like a truck. Um, uh, yeah, no, I am now an owner of a HomePod for some reason. <laughs> I love how you uh, you become more, you always become a owner of a new Apple device like about a year after they've been released. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you get AirPods like at least a year after they were released. <laughs> you get a HomePod what eight months or nine months after <laughs> it came out. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I got my Apple Watch Series Four a little late too. I want to say I waited. That's right, two or three months for that. But that's okay. <laughs> I had ECG on my watch before you did, so <laughs> we might talk about this next week. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So HomePod. So how this came about, um, there's a very nice gentleman on Twitter who uh, tweeted me a link to a Slick Deals post that I had somehow missed. I got to tell you, I am very active on Slick Deals. I don't have like a high Slick Deals score. Like if you post a lot of deals yourself on there, um, people can like uh, – they'll. It's called rep you. They'll give you a point or whatever, and um, you'll get these high scores. I, I, it's not like that, but I spend a lot of time on there just browsing for deals for the site and whatnot. And um, uh, somebody on Twitter sent me a link to uh, a deal on there that was uh, it was at Nebraska Furniture Mart, and it was one hundred ninety nine dollars for the HomePod. Now, as we all know, the HomePod's normally selling for three forty nine. Um, and then this holiday season, I've seen a drop lower than I had ever seen a drop before. It was a hundred dollars and it was two forty nine at a lot of places. And I thought that was going to be the best deal you'd see. Uh, but obviously this one took the cake. Uh, I even messaged you, I believe in Slack. I said, Hey, um, look at this crazy deal. And guess what? I just happened to be in Nebraska and there just happens to be a Nebraska furniture mart right down the street from me. And I was like, I don't uh, need this at all. There's there's nothing about this I need, but should I go get it? And then Sebastian's reply was, you'd need a HomePod. <laughs> so I appreciate your uh, your help and your guidance on that. <laughs> I, you couldn't be like, no, Cody, you already have 40 of these Bluetooth speakers or whatever. But uh, anyways, so I placed an order online um, and uh, I went and picked it up the next day. I'll tell you something. This this store, if nobody's ever been to one, there's only four, I think, in the U.S. I think there's one in Nebraska. I know there's one by me in North Texas, and there's one in Kansas City, and then there might be one in maybe like Iowa or something. I don't know. It's There's only four or five stores, but they are massive. They are multiple football fields in length. They are filled to the brim with furniture and um, I don't know what electronics. They have a pretty big electronics outlet. And uh, it's just kind of a crazy experience. If you're ever in the neighborhood of one of these, go check it out. Like, it's a fun, you know, it's just like a fun, go spend an hour walking around just oogling at all the the massive stuff they have. And uh, their pickup process is also pretty interesting. So that's what I did. I had it ordered and I went and set it to pick it up. And it's like if you've ever been on a major highway and you hit a toll road, 
um, where it's just a bunch of lanes. Everybody's just stopping to pay the toll as they move through. Well, that's what this is. There's a lot of cameras staring you in the face. You drive up to the speaker. You say, hey, this is my order number. They say, okay, please proceed to lane C. And again, it's just really something to kind of marvel at. This just the logistics of it. And so you go pull up into whatever spot they tell you to. And, you know, depending on how busy they are within 10 to 15 minutes, they'll come and bring you your thing out, let you sign for it. And then you're good to leave. It's really cool to watch them do like if somebody's getting a mattress or a big piece of furniture that they're going to help you tie to the back of your bed. I swear everybody there has a master's degree in knot tying and they will tie down a, you know, a mattress or piece of furniture to the back of your truck bed and you'll be good to go. I've, I've bought multiple pieces of furniture there before. And it's, again, it's just kind of an incredible experience. So that was kind of cool to go pick this thing up from there and, and get to see all that. I love how you're spending more time on actually buying the HomePod <laughs> than the HomePod itself. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's, that's twofold. <laughs> one is, one is I haven't got to spend much time with it, right? I think that was on Saturday and I've been kind of just out about doing stuff, hanging out with friends all weekend. And, uh, so I haven't got to spend much time with it. And two, uh, I think we all know kind of where I stand on just the HomePod as a device. It's not something I was like super looking forward to or that I was every day checking low prices for. Uh, it's just more, you know, it's just kind of like a cross section of, okay, it's a very nice speaker and it was a good deal. And I could probably use this for work. You know what I mean? Like for, you know, software updates or for Siri updates, things like that. So it's just kind of like a perfect storm of the combination of the three things. If one of those had been absent, I probably would not have a HomePod right now. And uh, so uh, first impressions, and maybe we can talk about it more next week when you have more time to, to talk about it, uh, to uh, play with it and experiment with it. But uh, what are your first impressions about sound quality? Because this is really a speaker after all, so that's what matters most, I think. Right. And the, the Siri experience, which is mm -hmm. also, I think, uh, one of the main po points of uh, having a HomePod. So just like a quick rundown of it, uh, everything uh, – packaging – I'll mention packaging quick because you literally pull a tab and everything just kind of falls away from the HomePod. Like it's pretty crazy. The box that it was in, pull this tab. It's in, wrapped in plastic on the inside of the box. Pull a little tab on the plastic. Plastic folds over. You lift this top up and there's your HomePod. It was I, – I haven't seen Apple packaging that simple to remove, I don't think. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, then you just plug it in. I mean, this thing looks awesome. It's heavier than I would have expected for sure. Uh, maybe a little bit bigger too. Um, and, uh, the setup process is super easy. It's not like, you know, it's not like you do a lot from your phone. Your phone just kind of recognizes it. It shoots over some of your data, like iCloud information and whatnot. You don't have to do any of that. It's, it's very kind of delightful to set up. Um, it has you read, I think, a, a single phrase for or a couple of phrases for Siri, right? It's guiding you on what you can ask it. And uh, um, so you do that. Uh, sound quality is great. Uh, when I finally got it going, I think it played some music for me during the setup process. Uh, sound quality is great. I don't know if it's $350 great yet. I think that you have to add in some other things like some of the other features and maybe Siri's capabilities. But uh, uh Sound quality is great. Like it's it's as good as I was expecting. Maybe even a little bit better. Um, and then Siri works a lot better than on any Apple device I've ever tried. Like it's just a noticeable leap from what I'm normally doing on my Apple Watch or my iPhone to what the HomePod is capable of. Not just in understanding, but the ability to say it from across the room, and really the ability to say it while the music's playing. Right? That's that's pretty incredible. When the music's full blast. 
and I don't even have to, it's not like I'm trying to yell over the music to get Siri to understand me. It's literally just, okay, I'm about 10 or 15 feet away. Um, and I can speak it from across the room and it's still going to understand me. All right. Uh, so first impressions seem to be, um, rather positive. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, man, this is, it's such a tricky device for me. I've been kind of down on it since it came out, like you said, eight months ago. Um, but, uh, I, I just think for the, I think for the price, the sale price, um, it might be a good value. It might be a good idea for Apple to either lower the price on this or, uh, maybe to release an update or something on the little less expensive side because 350, even as good as the speaker is and as good as Siri is, I just think that's keeping a lot of people at bay. Uh, but this is such a great device for, uh, like a kitchen. Like what a great device for a kitchen when your hands are usually dirty with whatever you're doing in there, uh, cooking, cleaning, things like that, to just be able to start music and stop music at a whim and music that's loud enough to fill the whole room, right? You usually have that ability with the iPhone if it's with you, but it's not going to fill even half the room. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I figured out so far is that if you have a specific use case in mind for it, great. If you're just needing like, especially if you're needing a Bluetooth speaker, this ain't it. This is not no. something that you're going to be able to connect multiple phones to. This is literally a a good sounding speaker for Apple Music plus Siri benefits. Yeah, especially and at the deal you got at 200 bucks. I mean, when you compare, uh, what do you get for 200 dollars uh, for a Bluetooth speaker? You get you know great quality, maybe some Bose or some uh, what are the other brands? Uh, maybe like a Harman Kardon. Yeah, or, yeah uh, something of decent decent quality. Um, so right. I think for I think for two hundred bucks, it's a no brainer. And like you said, at three fifty, it, it, it it's kind of stretching it at that point. But two hundred, it's a no brainer. If of course yeah. you're looking for one, you know, a, a speaker. Uh, that you had to house. If you're not, <laughs> then maybe keep your 200 bucks. Um, but I wish I had uh, a deal like this. 200 bucks, you know, I think, I think is a steal. Yeah. Well, you bought two of them. So yeah, you would have really helped. It would have really helped out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could have bought three of them at this price. <laughs> yeah. And even more with the exchange rate and everything. But uh, let's oh, not talk yeah. about that because I'm in a good mood right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, like you said, we'll get back to that maybe next week when I've spent yeah. more, a little more time with it. Plus, we already had kind of like this really cool idea for this show. Um, go ahead and just kind of break down like what your what your idea behind this uh, episode was. Uh, the end of the year is always a good moment to look back at the year that just uh, passed, and uh, and I think a lot of outlets and you know magazines and blogs and and podcasts and YouTubers and things like this um, do like a, a roundup of their favorite stuff of the year. And uh, I thought we could do the same. I, I don't think we've done that in the past, actually. Um, uh, we've broken it down in several categories of, of favorite apps, of favorite devices, of favorite accessories, uh, our favorite podcast, uh, our favorite politician, our favorite religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just going to uh, forget all the political correctness today. We're going at it. <laughs> And uh, and we're going to talk about this. Uh, I know from uh, I'm looking at at yours too. Uh, it's not necessarily like new stuff. It's not stuff that came out in 2018. Uh, but it's uh, uh, the favorite stuff, the stuff that I think we use the most, we like the most in 2018. Right. So without further ado, um, let's talk about our favorite apps. 
Okay. Well, you've got a couple. The first couple here, I know you listed. Um, so if you just want to read off, maybe we'll do a couple and then a couple. So we're not just both, uh, talking in long periods of time. So go ahead, start with pedometer plus plus. Yeah. Pedometer plus plus, uh, specifically for Apple watch. Um, I, we all know this application. Um, it's been around for many years and I used it on and off for years as well. Uh, most, most recently I was using a different application called step app and I really liked it, but, um, it was, it didn't receive the updates I wish it would receive, and it uh, there was a few bugs here and there, and that was uh, bugging me, uh, no pun intended. And uh, the developer of Pedometer Plus uh, Plus released an update um, in the past few months uh, with great Apple Watch support, and uh, and until the, uh, since then, I've uh, switched back from Step App to Pedometer Plus Plus as my main. Um, a step counter for for iPhone and Apple Watch. Uh, you know, Cody, I you know I walk every day. That's my thing. My nine thousand steps a day, starting on January first. Actually, it's going to be bumped up to ten thousand steps a day every single day. Um, so, uh, yeah, Peter Miller Plus Plus is just uh, for Apple Watch. The Watch app is is a great uh, is a great companion for my walks. Uh, I can start uh, a walk uh, indoor, outdoor. Uh, turn on GPS or not, control music from there. Uh, I can select some metrics that I see on the screen of my Apple Watch, like the amount of steps, you know, like my heart rate and that kind of stuff. So you can kind of customize that. And, uh, and I, uh, really, really enjoy it. I think it's a free application. Uh, there might be ads in the app itself, but I rarely, I never actually opened, uh, the, the iPhone app. I just live in, in, in the watch app. Uh, for just counting, you know, I just want to make sure I count it, I count my steps, and I also have a um, complication uh, that I use on my uh, on my watch home screen that displays the amount of steps I've taken uh, in a single day. So that number increases over the day, and uh, it changes colors. It's uh, in orange. I think it's in red when you start the day. You have no step, then it turns into orange. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly, when you have reached your goal. Uh, it turns uh, green, so it's a nice indicator of uh, of, uh, of the progress of your steps for the day. So that's my uh, my first steps. What's your what's your first pick here? Okay, well, it's I think this one was kind of both of ours, but since it's listed toward the top here, I'll I can talk about it quick. It's Overcast. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, man. I think we have a uh, I think we have a section down here in a, where in a little bit we're going to talk about some of our favorite podcasts, but. Uh, I have, this is something I've done for a few years now, but I think I really ramped it up in, in 2018. I've got several here. I don't always get a chance to listen to all the new episodes of all the ones I follow. Uh, but I would have to say I probably listen to 10 plus podcast episodes a week. Um, so I spent a lot of time in this app. It was completely redone, I believe, for iOS 12 and for the new Apple Watch. And, uh, I just, I can't say enough good things about it because, you know, I just, I don't, I haven't switched. This is an app that I continue to use and um, will continue to use for the foreseeable future because I've tried a lot of other podcast apps out there. And there's just something about, uh, I really like the way this one syncs with multiple devices. Uh, I really just kind of like the interface as well, the way it looks on the iPhone and the way it, uh, uh, you know, even the Apple Watch app. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's tough to find anything bad to say about it. Yeah. For for a long time, I I preferred the stock podcast application, and then I think it was with iOS ten or eleven, uh, they kind of redid the podcast app and messed it all up. Uh, in in my opinion, 
And uh, I started looking for another podcast player and Overcast was kind of an obvious uh, contender. And I didn't really like it. I tried it when it first came out several years ago and I didn't like it. I preferred the stock podcast application. And then when I went back to it, um, I stuck with it for a few days and you know, forced myself to use it and really understand how, how you know, like the, the, the flow of the app. And, right. uh, and I got into it. And uh, it's, it's become... My definitely my favorite podcast player. Just like you, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Uh, pretty much every day, I listen to podcasts. Um, and um, I tried recently. I think we talked about it. I tried a different applica- different podcast application. Actually, I tried one the over pocket, the weekend. Uh, pocket Cast. Uh, was it Pocket? Yeah, I think it was Pocket Cast uh, that got uh, makeover recently. And I tried this, and I, I just couldn't get into it. I tried a new one over the weekend. Uh, couldn't get into it. Uh, I, I just keep coming back to Overcast, which I think is uh, is probably the best podcast application out there. And it's a free app, and you can. Uh, I think there's a subscription model. I think it's ten bucks a year or something uh, to remove ads and stuff like this. Uh, but uh, it is not definitely not necessary. Uh, you don't feel like obliged or um, uh, kind of forced to 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 pay to remove ads because they're very tasteful and mostly not really noticeable yeah if you would have asked me if it had ads i would have told you i don't know you know i guess as i'm saying that i know that before it went to the subscription model there was like a there's like a three dollar tier or something in that purchase that you could pay for and it would re- maybe remove ads and maybe add some features i know i did that a year or more ago but i i thought it i didn't think it ever crossed over so i'd have to look at it again but uh i'd have to agree with you i don't think the ads or anything would be that intrusive because it's something i've never noticed Another great app for me uh, that I I don't say I use it every day because I don't launch the app every day, but I interact with the app every day in the way of its notification. And this app is called Do. And Do is a reminder application that has an interesting um, notification system where you can set up a reminder. So, for example, I I have one that's kind of dumb, but it's take out the trash. Every Sunday night, I have a reminder that says take out the trash. And it's going to you know send a notification at whatever time it is, 7 p.m. And if I don't interact with this notification, 15 minutes later, it's going to send me another notification, take out the trash. And then 15 minutes later, take out the trash. And 15 minutes later, take out the trash. And I really love this system of really bugging you um, so that you you don't necessarily forget about it. Because with the stock reminders application or other reminders application, you're going to get a notification once, like take out the trash. And then, you know, if you don't do anything, if you don't tap snooze or complete or something, it's just going to stay there on your on your home screen or lock screen or, or in your watch uh, control notification center. And, and you can maybe forget about it. Uh, and and do like really bugs you. Uh, uh, you can you know tune down the bugging if you, if you want. You don't have to, but that's really to me like the point of this application, like bugging me uh, into uh, doing things. So I t- I took the takeout trash example, and, and that's you know like one in my personal life. But I have some every single day for uh, stuff that I do uh, at IDB, like stuff that you know like uh, in the morning. One of them is like. Uh, uh, edit edit um, post and schedule post for the morning. And if I for, you know if I don't tap complete or snooze for an hour, it's gonna remind me every fifteen or thirty minutes to do this until it's done. 
and I really like this. I, and I have several tasks like this along the day, on weekdays and on, on weekends, uh, to complete work and force me uh, or bug me about completing work. Uh, and and uh, it's it's a pretty ugly application. Uh, but again, once you create your tasks in there, your your uh, your reminders, you don't really have to deal with it. I just deal with it from notification banners on, you know, on either my phone or my watch. Uh, mostly the watch, actually, because I see the notification coming, and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to edit post. Okay, I'm I'm actually already doing this. I click, I tap done, and I don't see this notification until the next day. Really, really uh, powerful application. Um, there's many more things I think you can do with it, but I just use it for the, the bugging notifications. Yeah, there's actually, I'm looking at the uh, app page now and there's a lot of key features listed here. Um, so it looks like a pretty powerful app and honestly, not that ugly either. I like the dark mode that they're showing here on the screenshots. I have oh, tried the, so the, the app, the app icon is all for though. Yes, it. the app icon does not look great. <laughs> I've tried so many of these apps though, and I just can never find the, the right workflow or the right, uh, the, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but just something that just didn't fit with whatever I was trying to get done. Yeah. And this one is not cheap. I mean, for, for five applications, bucks. yeah, five bucks, you know, for an app. Uh, I, I think we're, we're getting into like the uh, higher kind of prices, but uh, to me, well, well worth it because again, it's an app that I interact with every single day. I noticed uh, another app that you wrote down was one that I mentioned on the podcast not too long ago, and it's uh, ItsyCal. It's uh, this tiny application that lives in the menu bar of your Mac, and it uh, gives you, uh, you know, like the full day and the date and gives you access to a drop-down calendar, uh, something that is not really done by default um, in uh, Mac OS. So... Um, you wrote it down. You obviously love it. How are you using it on your Mac? Well, I'm, use it, I'm using it as a complete replacement for the day and date of, um, of, uh, that you can see in the menu bar. And I, I, I set it up and I looked at customizations and I was like, I can't figure out, like, what I want to do is completely remove the day and date that's provided by, uh, by uh, Mac OS and replace it with with Itzikal because before then I had just a little Itzikal icon and I when I clicked on it you know I had the calendar like show show up and stuff and then I emailed the developer I was like help me out here um, I just want I just want uh, the day and date I don't want the Itzikal icon I just want the day and date and to look exactly the same as it does like on the stock macOS and he's like oh yeah there's a setting like you probably need to notice you can do this and that and you can like create your own format for the date too like it's pretty powerful actually and I was like oh and I did this and uh, I completely uh, removed or hid the stock day and date and replaced it with Itzikal so it looks exactly the same as stock except that now when I click uh, on the on the day and date, I can see like the months of December here. I can see my uh, calendar items for today. Actually, I have to record a podcast at nine a.m. It says here, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, and uh, and I was a pretty pretty happy about this. I was so happy actually. I think because it's a free application, and I think I s- sent him. I, I think there were. I, 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 there is a donation or something. It's donation based or something. And I actually made a donation because I was really uh, satisfied with his quick answer and the way it helped. And uh, the fact that this application did, does exactly what I'm looking for. 
So I'm I'm also grateful for you to introduce me to to it. <laughs> Um, so you sent him an expired Burger King coupon? Is that what, is that what you sent him? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here you go, man. Um, that's cool. Did you write a tutorial on IDB for this on how to hide the day and date and replace it with something that looks exactly like it? Uh, I don't think so. Did I? Oh, I don't know. If you haven't, you, you should because I am still looking. I basically have two, uh, <laughs> I have the day and the date for the Mac OS. That's what it's showing me. And then I have Itzycal set as just the month. And uh, so I'm sorry. Mac OS gives me the day and the time. So it says Monday because it's Monday, obviously. And then 9.32 a.m. is what the current time is. And then Itzycal tells me that it's December 24th. Yeah. So I do have two slots there. It'd be nice to condense it down into one. Yeah. Well, I have the time, which is given to me by Mac OS. So 9.32, and then I have the date, Monday, actually it says Mon Des, uh, Mon Des 24, that's, and that's the format that I used before. Uh, so I have, I have really have two things, the time and the date. Okay. So uh, might can, be worth uh, like a tutorial or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe I can share my, uh, my setup with you, uh, screenshot, so you can remove, you know, condense some of that stuff. Right. Um, let's move on here. I guess that was technically mine that I read off. So you want to go ahead and uh, do bartender? Uh, bartender is um, a simple Mac app to clean up your menu bar. Um, I think I'm, I would consider myself a minimalist uh, in many things, about, uh, especially on what my computer looks like or my iPhone or the desktop. And in this case, the menu bar. Uh, I hate seeing uh, tons of menu bar items. As a matter of fact, in my menu bar, um, when Skype is not running uh, and when my computer is not plugged into battery, the only thing you see is the time and the date and the one password icon. And then I also have uh, the little uh, bartender icon, which is like an, a three ellipses or an ellipsis, three little dots. And then when you tap on it, you can see extended icons in your menu bar. I can see uh, my word clock. I can see my, uh, what's it called? My uh, backblaze um, preferences. I can see the Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, uh, sound preferences. But all these are like non-essential stuff. These are stuff that I don't need to see at all time. And that's why I use uh, Bartender uh, to, to clean this up and hide them and uh, just see them when I need to see them. Yeah, we've talked about this before, but uh, I use a similar app. It's called Vanilla, and I think Bartender's free, right? But to unlock some features, you have to pay. I don't remember. I actually, I think Bartender is not free. Yeah. Oh, there's a now. trial. Yeah, I think now. there's a free trial. Uh, it's fifteen bucks. It's uh, fifteen dollars, and I bought this a while ago. And I know, yeah, we talked about this recently. Actually, I feel like. And uh, yeah, you told me about Vanilla that is free. I didn't even look into it because into Vanilla because, uh, well, I already have Bartender and it's working totally fine for me. So there's no reason uh, to look for something else. Right. And yeah, just to those out there, I wouldn't necessarily recommend Vanilla over Bartender. But if you don't want to pay the 15 bucks, uh, Vanilla is free. Um, and I think it does have like a in-app purchase of like five bucks to really unlock its potential. But I use the free version of Vanilla. And it's a very works very similar to uh, how Bartender works. It puts a little icon that you can click on in the menu bar, and that'll extend and show you all your icons 
um, or you can hide whatever you want there. So just something to keep in mind as a as an alternative there. Okay, uh, next up is Alfred. Alfred is wow. This is just such a powerful app. I use it every day, but it's one of those where I'm just not even using a fraction of its potential. I know you can really speak to some of the uh, the added features, uh, but how I use it is as a uh, replacement for the Finder, uh, you know, search option in Mac OS. Spotlight. Yeah, Spotlight. Thank you. And so um, I, uh, when you hit Command Spacebar, normally in Mac OS, that's what triggers Spotlight, but I replaced it with alfred so when i hit command spacebar alfred pops up and it looks like a little search bar just like spotlight does but i am able to do simple calculations i am able to uh, launch websites i am able to find apps so it's just a really handy useful tool and again i think it just does such a better job than spotlight it's it's one of the first apps i install when i uh, either get a new mac or if i were to like reformat the mac and start from scratch yeah, it's a super, super powerful app. And, and just like you, I think I use it a little more in depth than you do, but I I barely scratch the surface of what this app can do, really. Right. Um, I, I use it uh, like you to uh, search files on my computer. Uh, st- something, some, these are some things, obviously, you can do with Spotlight, right? Um, but also launch uh, uh, Google searches directly from, from Alfred. So come in space and I type something, you know, uh, how to do this on my uh, on my uh, HomePod and click enter and boom, it takes me to Google. You can do some quick Amazon searches, some YouTube searches, some Wikipedia searches, like directly without going to Wikipedia or anything. It's like super, super powerful. I have a, a few, um, what do they call them, workflows where I, uh, with a couple keyboard uh, shortcuts, I can do very specific things uh, like minimize all applications except certain ones. I can kind of create profile like, uh, podcasting profile, like shut down everything on my computer except for Skype, uh, Safari, and Piezo, uh, which is the recording application. That kind of stuff where um, I can really, uh, I feel like, have powerful, simple features, um, launch a bunch of websites at once. If I, uh, That's one of my uh, workflow as well, open specific websites and fill up uh, their login uh, using one password because there is good one password integration. I mean, this is just a super, super powerful application that I use every single day, probably hundreds of times. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, maybe not hundreds, but l- easily over a hundred times a day. Uh, so to me, this is a huge time saver and, uh, uh, yeah, just a, a more capable replacement to what Spotlight can do. Agreed. Yeah. The, uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but it's just, it kind of goes with this and it's the shortcuts app from Apple. And the reason why I think they go so well together is I use shortcuts every day, but I think I use a fraction of its power. Um, if in, in fact, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. If anybody out there has uh, some good resources, I know I, I bookmarked a website that was basically like, you know, these are, here are a bunch of shortcuts, uh, workflows, right? The recipes for it. And you could search, and it was just a really well-done website, and I haven't taken the time to kind of sift through that. But if anybody else has has some good resources for where I could find cool stuff to do on on shortcuts, I'd appreciate it. I know somebody on Twitter contacted me about uh, a YouTuber who who literally their whole channel is going through shortcuts and, and stuff like that. That's also a good resource. But uh, I, have a, I have a button set up as like a widget on uh, – 
the swipeable lock screen. And I will just hit play for like my run playlist when I'm about to go for a run. Um, there's another playlist on there that I just, if I don't know what to listen to in the car, I can just hit play and it'll shuffle through a, a playlist of popular songs. So I use it for little stuff like that. Like I said, though, I just don't use it to a fraction of its potential. Um, so that's something I would like to investigate more. But still, just what a strong, powerful app. Really cool of Apple to not only buy Workflow, but to change it into this app and, and make it a so integrated with the operating system. It's one of those where I don't think a lot of people are using it. Um, but it's there if you want to really delve into not only just the power of the app and the software itself, but of the iPhone itself. Um, do you sh- do you use uh, any shortcuts? Um, I have a few in my library. So there's again two things to shortcuts, right? There is like the shortcuts app, and there are the Siri shortcuts. Siri shortcuts, right? That you can use with some applications, and uh, I, I use them with Overcast uh, to launch podcasts. So I can say uh, Siri uh, Overcast. Uh, let's talk iOS, and it starts playing that. And I, you can even do that on your HomePod, by the way, Cody. You can tell your HomePod. Uh, uh, Siri, uh, Overcast, Let's Talk iOS, and it's going to start playing the latest episode of Let's Talk iOS. This is okay. uh, this is pretty this is really neat. Um, but I do have a few shortcuts. There is one that I use every day for uh, for work. Uh, you know, every day at a certain time, I kind of schedule um, tutorials that we pu- published in the past, like couple years or so. So. And I have a shortcut that open Safari and uh, select uh, five random tutorials from a uh, date range that I, you know, created into shortcuts. And then, oh wow, yeah, I actually, and then <laughs> I look at these and uh, I, you know, if they are still relevant and good and stuff, I schedule them. If not, I move to another to another tutorial. Uh, but this really helps me. To randomize the selection of articles that I that I actually retweet, I, so I, that's when I use every single uh, every weekday, and then I have a few others um, that you know I have one to do searches on IDB. I have one, uh, I have a really good one actually to bypass paywalls on on websites like uh, sometimes like a Financial Times or the New York Times. Sometimes they have a paywall. Uh, and and this what this, uh, this uh, shortcut does is that it takes advantage of a loophole. And one of the loopholes is that some of this publication, it, if you go to the link uh, from a browser, uh, if you click on the link or something, it's it tells you you can't read this article. It's behind a paywall. However, if you're coming from Facebook, so if the link was posted on Facebook and you click on the link and you go to Financial Times, for some reason Financial Times lets you read the article in fully and right. i guess they want to you know bring people from social and all that stuff and, and and i get this so it's not a hack or anything it's just taking advantage of a little uh of a little workaround in there so what this <laughs> what this shortcut does is that you you paste uh you paste the link i think in in that you want to read and it opens like a, fa- a facebook page and uh, redirects you to the Financial Times, and it and it tricks the Financial Times into thinking that you are coming from Facebook, and it lets you read <laughs> the entire uh, article. It doesn't work just for the Financial Times. There's a few publications that let you do this. So sometimes, you know, I'm not gonna subscribe to the Financial Times. Let's let's be honest here. And, but sometimes <laughs> I wanna I wanna read an article that's on there, and this is super super helpful. But other than that, 
quite frankly, like I, I don't really use shortcut uh, shortcuts. It's not to, to me. It, to me, uh, it is not an essential application. Um, I know you put it on this list. I, I, I didn't, and I wouldn't have. It's definitely not an essential for me. Yeah. It, it, again, it was just more or less of I know it's something I use every day, mm-hmm. and it's something that I know I'm not using near its to its potential. Oh yeah. So yeah, oh, uh, yeah. just putting it out there, and um, I would definitely like to learn more about that. Um, now, the last couple of apps we have here, we don't have to spend a ton of time because everybody knows these, right? Tweetbot for Twitter and uh, Apollo for Reddit. Um, I switched to Apollo this year. Uh, I had been using Narwhal. Do you use the official, like the stock Reddit app, don't you? Yeah, I do. I use a stock Reddit, Reddit app. Okay. And uh, maybe I'll move away from it one day, but so far it's it's working fine. And I tried Apollo. I didn't, I don't know, there's something that rubbed me the wrong way with it. Uh, and I, and I kind of like the stock Reddit app. Yeah, uh, Apollo... I you know I tried it out and I didn't like it. I went back to Narwhal, but I retried it uh, here a couple months ago, and uh, I don't know. It's just something I got used to. There's a lot of features in it for free, but if you want to start posting or uh, uh, posting Reddit, like submitting things to Reddit, uh, it does make you uh, do. I think it's just like a dollar donation or something like that, um, or you could just post from like a desktop and then just continue to use Apollo to. Uh, uh, like read Reddit and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I don't think that needs to be talked about a ton. Tweetbot, again, we both use the client. We've used it forever. I think everybody knows what that is. They had a huge update this year though and they didn't charge for it. And so I think that kind of even reignited my love for the app. This this new design, it's so subtle yet so different. And it's just, it's probably one of the sharpest looking apps on my iPhone right now. Well, I think that's all for the apps. Are you want to move on to devices? Yep. Okay. Um, I'll start this off because I know we both had this one on our list, and it's the Apple Watch Series 4. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, this was uh, something I was kind of late to the party on. Uh, but uh, once I got it, I just kind of never looked back. Coming from an original series, Apple Watch, I just I knew that uh, uh, it was going to be a big jump. But uh, even I was kind of underestimating how different the experience would be. This is everything you would want in a wearable um, I have the Nike Plus edition, so I think it looks a little more sporty than the than the average one. It's got the uh, um, it's got the sport band that has all the holes in it, and you can just tell right away it's a Nike watch. Uh, I use it every day, wear it mostly throughout the day. I do take it off before I'm going to go out. I still think I still feel kind of like a nerd when I'm wearing an Apple Watch with you know going to the bar or going out to eat or something like that. Uh, but otherwise, I've got it on my wrist because. I like tracking, uh, you know, my workouts every day. Uh, uh, I like seeing, getting a kind of a, a little bit of a snapshot of my health, right? Because it, now it reads your ECG, like it reads your heart rate a little bit better. It can tell you if there's something wrong with your heart rhythm. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I also right now, I think I'm on a move streak of like 64 days. So that means I've hit my move goal every day for 64 days. And, uh, Honestly, if I there would be some times I would either skip going to the gym or I would skip hitting, if I didn't have the Apple Watch, I probably wouldn't be as worried about trying to keep this streak alive. So it it kind of gamifies fitness a little bit, and it, I think it really helps. Uh, by far, my uh, one of my favorite devices um, of the year. The by far the favorite device of the year. Um, Same here. Use it, Same here. Use it every day. Um, I sleep with it. I track my sleep with it. Uh, I track my activity, my steps, uh, my standing hours, everything. It's it. and uh, of course I use it as a companion for managing notifications and filtering uh, notifications as well. Uh, it's at this point um, 
it's one of these devices that would be really hard to do without going forward. If you said, you know, if someone told me, okay, Sebastian, we're going to take your Apple Watch away. You can't use it anymore. That would be a very hard, um, a very hard thing to do for me uh, in my daily life. Uh, obviously, I doubt what a so. weird, what a weird punishment for you though. Like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, man, sorry, bro, I'm taking your Apple Watch. There's nothing you can do. About it. <laughs> obviously, no one is gonna say that to me. <laughs> oh man, uh, maybe my wife. It's me or the Apple Watch, Sebastian. <laughs> She's like, why is it taking you so long to answer? <laughs> and I look at the watch. I look at her. I look at the watch. I look at her. <laughs> it's like uh, the Spanish soap opera music in the background. Yeah. No, oh, but, we really carried that. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, my my favorite device of the device of the year. It's I, I love like the uh, refined uh, look and and design of the device. That it's slightly bigger, it's slightly thinner, and it is definitely faster. So um, clap, clap, clap. Uh, <laughs> so clap, clap, clap. He says. <laughs> uh, next up is HomePod. Um, on, obviously, I'm an expert on HomePod now that I have one, yep. and I use it all the time. It's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, I'd like to hear why you put this on this list. Uh, I know you've been a huge proponent of the speakers since uh, they came out, and obviously you picked up a couple. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, uh, Siri on HomePod sucks. Um, you know, it can do some things. Uh, sound rec- uh, Siri recognition, you know, uh, Siri is, the HomePod is very capable of hearing you, like you were saying earlier, when there's noise and music, loud music playing, and this is great. Um, but Siri still sucks, I think, a lot on HomePod. But I don't judge HomePod for its smart. I judge HomePod for what it brings to my life. And what it brings to my life is um, a simple, convenient, and straightforward way to listening to music. And that's really, really what I use HomePod for, you know, like I don't use it for the weather and, and, and what's on my calendar, even though sometimes I do, you know, but like, I don't use it for the smart. I just use it for the music. And I feel like the music is great. Um, in our home, when we lived in California, we had a, a sound system and playing music on it was kind of a pain. You had to start a sound system. And then for some reason, it took like four or five seconds just to, to start up. And then, uh, I used AirPlay to AirPlay music to my, um, to my TV's receiver. And AirPlay was super buggy. It was like a, uh, a Denon uh, receiver. So a good quality receiver. But AirPlay right. was always buggy. Sometimes I had to restart my phone. Sometimes I had to restart the receiver for it to work. And uh, it was kind of a pain. When we moved to France, I wanted to buy a Bluetooth speaker because I knew we were in France temporarily. So I didn't want to invest in a great sound system. And I eventually waited for HomePod and to come out. And I'm, I'm glad I did because we listen to HomePod every day. It's in our living room slash kitchen. You know, it's big up on space. Uh, we have two of them. They are paired uh, in stereo mode. And uh, it's, it's just easy. In the morning, I get up and I walk in the kitchen and I say, uh, Siri, you know, play morning music or play that playlist or play something. And, and it starts the day. The kids come in. They can tell... Uh, Siri, play Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. You know, that's my, huh. uh, that's the, pretty much the go-to for them. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just a nice way uh, of, of, and convenient way of listening good quality, uh, good quality music, not the music itself, but the quality of the sound of the music. And, uh, and for that reason, uh, it is on my list of my favorite devices of 2018. Do you ever hook it up, hook your, I've asked you this before, but it's been a while since we've talked about it. Do you ever hook up your HomePods to your Apple TV for like yep. movie night? Yep. Yep. We do. Okay. When, uh, 
when is that we, impressive? Like when you hook up both of them to your Apple TV, is that impressive sound for what it is? Uh, you know, like I haven't really tested the impressiveness of it, and and because of the way the 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 paired HomePods are, like one is in the living room, kind of next to the TV, and the other one is like on the opposite end of the room, and so it doesn't. It's not a great setup for watching a movie because one HomePod is definitely much farther away than the other one. Uh, you know what I mean? So, you know, like if if I wanted to do this proper, I would probably put them on each side of the couch or like, you know, on each side yes, of the TV or something exactly like that. Yes, that's exactly how I envision it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is something I'll do when we go back to California and have a proper, you know, like proper setup for, for good. Um, right. But we do sometimes when we watch uh, movies, uh, I send the sound, and when the kids are are watching the movie because if they're in bed, I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, play play the sound through uh, the loudspeakers on HomePod. But yeah, I do this very very often when we're watching movies all together. I usually play uh, the sound on the HomePod, and it's noticeably better. I mean, obviously better than the sound that's coming from the TV. And s- sometimes I think it depends on applications. Sometimes there is lag. You know, like there is like a a little lag between the the lips of the character that's speaking and the sound coming out. But for, for stuff like for Netflix stuff, there is no lag whatsoever. And for anything that I've seen on I, on iTunes, like movie you download from iTunes or you rent or stream from iTunes, I've never noticed anything. So, for example, last week I, we watched uh, um, Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Bought from a <laughs> classic, bought from iTunes, um, no lag at all. You, you can't can see it in any movie, uh, any Netflix show that you you watch you can't see it I know I tried before with YouTube and there was a lag but I th- that was at the very beginning that I had the homepod but I think I haven't tried since but I think I've heard I've read somewhere that the this lag has been fixed now you can I, you can watch YouTube videos there's no, there's no uh lag between the the sound and the and the image so uh worth a worth a check if you have a homepod and an Apple TV wow okay um uh airpods also on this list and i'll i'll co-sign to this one all day uh, i've been having problem with airpods as of late uh just i think there's sweat starting to get into it and uh, i've had a few issues where i put my airpods into the carrying case and one of them just didn't charge so i'll be mid-run and i'll get the do-do-do-do-do and it'll sound like the the headphones dying and it's just one and it's not both so now i've got one dead one and um it, it, these are small things though right that's only happened once or twice um uh, but apple whenever you want to get to those sweatproof <laughs> airpods i'm all for it. but otherwise i mean this is something i use every day because whether i'm running or if i'm just doing a different kind of workout or even when i take my dog for a walk which i do pretty much on a daily basis i pop these uh airpods in and i can listen to my favorite podcast um uh and kind of gain some knowledge as i'm taking uh, my dog for a walk yeah i mean that's consistently one of my top recommendations uh every time someone asks me about them like my in-laws where i'm staying at right now uh every time i clearly say this is my favorite apple product of the past several years like there's no i, I mean i love the apple watch and everything but homepod there's um airpod there's something about airpods that makes it my favorite product from apple in the last several years very different use obviously than apple watch series 4 which i you know i I said a few minutes ago i couldn't live with without very different um but there's something about airpods that is just completely magical to me like the charging case the carrying case 
the, the easy pairing, the easy switching from devices from your Mac to your Apple TV to your iPad to your back to your iPhone. It's just it's just uh, there's just something about this, and that really makes it uh, uh, to me the the best Apple product of the past few years. And uh, and I can't wait for the next update. And what a great design! Um, yeah, when it, when they first came out. I think people were kind of leery of the design, right? They had these, uh, you know, the longer kind of sticks that go off the actual earbuds themselves and everybody's going, well, what's the deal? I've noticed this is something I've really noticed at the gym and at other places that I see these headphones. It's getting, it's almost impossible from a distance for me to tell if you've got home, uh, AirPods in or earpods because that, the ear pods have the stem as well, right? They have the stem coming off the actual earpiece. And then of course you've got that, uh, the wires that come down, but the wire is so thin that if you're not right close up, you could, if you're just glancing, you could mistake it for there not being wires. And it's just, it's such a fluid design to me. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing that I've noticed. I'm like, wow, that's kind of smart of Apple that I can't really tell. I just see that they're probably Apple headphones. I can't really tell. The, the difference unless I can actually see the wire up close. So just, just a little side note there, but uh, yeah, I'm seeing more and more of these. I, it was, there was a time where I was the only one, uh, you know, maybe two or three people I'd see throughout the day with these things on. Now it just seems like half the people in the gym have them. So I think Apple hit a home run with this. And again, whenever they're ready to release the sweat proof ones, yeah. um, my money is ready. Um, now in accessories, um, category my favorite of 20 one of my favorites of 20 of, of this year is the apple pencil 2 uh, you need the new ipad pro to use this new apple pencil but <laughs> so it's kind of niche it's kind of a niche product so it's, a thousand dollar pencil. it's a, it's a thousand dollar pencil if really you know it's it, they said it for a hundred bucks but right. you need the ipad the thousand dollar ipad to go with it so right um i i just i just found myself because now you can attach it to magnetically to your iPad and it charges automatically as it's attached to the iPad. It is constantly on my iPad. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of in the way. So I flip the iPad over and the, the, the pencil gets on top and it's out of the way. And, but because it's always there, I'm always using it. Not so much, not so much for, um, uh, drawing or, you know, doing, uh, do, uh, doodling things because I don't, but for, uh, uh, taking notes in documents in PDF or uh, annotating images or something like this. And uh, also for, uh, mainly I would say, for navigating the user interface of, of my iPad, uh, you know, tapping on buttons and stuff like this. Uh, it's extremely precise, much much more precise than your, your finger is. And it's just a, a, a great, great um, I think accessory for the iPad. I had the previous Apple Pencil and in I I didn't use it. I I didn't use the previous pencil like ten percent of what I've used the pencil to in the last month or so. Like I've had the previous pencil for like two two years, I think, or a year and a half, two years. If I spent an hour of my time with it, that's that's the top I've ever spent with it. Um, but with the pencil too, I'm ev- pretty much every day. Every time I use my iPad, at some point, I know I'm going to be uh, interacting with my iPad thanks to to the Apple pencil too. So great, uh, great accessory for the new iPad Pro. Awesome. Uh, I noticed you have a couple others listed here. If you just want to run down those two real quick, the Aki USB-C, uh, the wall charger, and then the Nomad. I'm actually more, even more curious about this Nomad base station. Uh-huh. 
Well, I'm going to start with the Arky USB-C charger. <laughs> Man, this Amazon description is just gigantic. I don't want to go through it. But basically, right. it's a it's a it's a wall plug. Uh, so it's a wall. Char- it's a charger. You plug in your wall, and there are two ports on it. There's a USB-C port and USB-A port. And I love this because I have, um, as you know, uh, 2016 MacBook Pro. So I need uh, it charges through USB-C. And I hate the the big uh, st- uh, Apple power char- charging yeah. brick. It's just it's just big and stuff. And then uh, at my desk, so at my desk, I, li- I always like to have like a lightning cable as well for quick charges if I need to, or uh, charging my mouse or charging my keyboard from time to time, even though I rarely have to do that. But anyway, I wanted something that does USB-C for my uh, computer and USB-A for everything else that I would like to plug in this. And after doing some uh, pretty extensive research, I found this one on Amazon. I think that was last year, actually, that I bought this. And and I just I just love it. Um, it's it's great. You know, it's too... It's it's a, just a charger, right? So how much can you love a charger? And I'm sure there's... <laughs> and I'm sure there's, like, dozens of these on the market. Um, but, um, yeah, this one has been extremely reliable to me. Um and um, it's just uh, a convenient accessory to have, I think. I want to make you a T-shirt that says, how much can you love a charger? <laughs> <laughs> and for, for people, you said there's probably several of these out there. And, and there are for people out there who are going, okay, is this just another one of those Asian brands? Um, it's not just another one of – Aki has is, is really made a name for itself, really carved out a space on Amazon in, in all things power, right? You see them with the portable batteries. You see them with the, the charging cables that go through a lot of stress testing, like the lightning cables and things like that. So I think they're one of the more premier brands in this category. Uh, for those who maybe just aren't familiar with Aki, there's also Anchor. Uh, Rav Power is also pretty high up there. So um, yeah, I'll co-sign to that one. Yeah. And what I like about this one is that it plugs directly in the wall. Because if you do a little research, you're going to find some that that have a, a, a cable, like a wire, and you plug the kind of Kind of like a base station, really. And this one is not a base station. You just plug it directly in the wall, and that was something I was uh, I, I was really searching for, and and I, and I found it in uh, this product. But right. uh, to talk about the numbered base station, the Apple yeah. Watch Edition. Okay, this is also an awesome product. Uh, if you're still waiting for air uh, air power, yeah, uh, stop, <laughs> stop, stop waiting, or maybe I don't know, maybe wait a little longer, or if. <laughs> If you have 120 bucks, it's not cheap. But if you have 120 bucks, I highly, highly recommend um, the Nomad Base Station Apple Watch Edition. So it's uh, it's basically what Air Power was supposed to be. You have, I believe, three coils. It's a uh, a, a pad. Uh, you have three coils, three charging coils. So you can um, theoretically charge three devices at once. So so I can you can put two iPhones and. Maybe um, I charge my my AirPods sometimes because I have a wireless charging case on the AirPods, whatever. So I charge this. You can, and then there is like a little um, integrated uh, dock, I would say, for Apple Watch. So you don't need right. to bring your own like charging puck and plug it in there. No, 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 no. It's just like integrated to, and it's it's made for Apple Watch. It's licensed, by, you know, from Apple, so it's completely legit uh, uh, charging pad for uh for apple watch it's just awesome it clears up things on my nightstand i used to have um a charging uh pad for my iphone and 
a uh, the dock, a small dock for my Apple Watch. So that was two devices, uh, two devices and two cables. Now I have one device and one cable because it only takes one cable to uh, to charge this thing, and it is it is awesome. I just love it. I just really love it. Now I get it 120 bucks. Uh, that's a pretty steep price, um, but I, I, I would, I would go out and say this is worth the price. If you're again very, <laughs> if you have an Apple Watch and if you have uh, an iPhone that charges wirelessly, uh, which is most iPhones nowadays, and uh, so yeah, hi- highly recommended. Yeah, um, this was one of those products that uh, it sold out over Christmas. I know uh, uh, on, uh, what was it, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, Nomad ran like a 30% off or up to 30% off sale on its whole site. And I remember looking specifically at this thing because I I had heard such great things about it, read such great things about it, um, but it was back ordered for months. So uh, if you want to tell your contacts that nomad to send me one of these things i'd appreciate it um and and, you know i'll also co-sign for nomad's other products it's crazy you know we can kind of see you know you obviously have access to some like analytics and stuff on the site and i'm always amazed by how um uh how well these do how interested people are in these nomad products um very very cool company yeah Uh, my two I, I added a couple of accessories here. Uh, the Belkin Boost Up Charging Stand. Uh, I have a couple of these wireless charging things, but the stand for some reason is just awesome to me. Uh, for a couple of reasons. So for one, just if you look at the design of this thing, the way it's set up, so it's got kind of a circular back, but it's also got kind of a cradle. And so it's wide enough to fit. If you have a case, it doesn't really matter, but it's narrow enough that you're always going to be the way your phone lays is always going to be on the coil. So you know how there's some like, uh, especially the the circular pads, these wireless chargers, you put your phone on it and you won't see that LED light light up and you're going, wait a minute. And so you shift over the phone and then you're like, okay, now it's happy. The light's on. Well, that doesn't happen with the stand because there's really no place for your phone to lay unless it's on the coil. So I love that it's kind of got these kind of almost guide or groove that makes sure that you have to lay it in a way that it's going to charge for you. Um, I also like it's got these little arms built in. So if you want to turn your phone to the side, let's say it's on your bedside or even on your, uh, even on your desktop, uh, if you wanted to put the phone in, uh, landscape mode and lay it across, it's still going to connect with the coil and it's just a perfect spot to kind of lay, uh, hor- lay the phone horizontally. And so if you're watching maybe a movie or a TV show or something like that, or maybe you just got a cool alarm clock app that, shows the the time and the date in that landscape mode. Uh, this gives you that option. So it's versatile and it's very accurate, obviously, because every time you put your phone on there, it's charging. So I, I really like the boost up charging stand. And what's the last item on your list here? I see you have the Sateki Type-C Pro Hub. I assume that's for your uh, MacBook. Yeah, it's for my MacBook Pro. I've used this thing all year. Uh, you wouldn't think that having something plugged into your MacBook like this that's also taking uh, the power cable, right? It's got the PD uh, USB-C, which means power delivery. Um, and that allows me to plug the, uh, charging cable directly into it. You wouldn't think that a device should be able to handle that constantly every day, uh, you know, um, 24 seven, 365, but it does. And it does it, you know, I've, I fill it every once in a while. It doesn't get super hot, but it's a hub that allows you to plug multiple items in. So it's got the, the USB-C P or I guess it's technically a Thunderbolt port, but it's, uh, um, 
power delivery. It's got a HDMI port that will allow you to plug in a 4K monitor. It's got uh, two USB uh, A ports, right? So it's got that kind of legacy USB A port. If you've got maybe flash drive or um, a peripheral that needs to be plugged in um, via that, it's also got another USB C port. If you've got a, a USB C cable, you need to plug in. And then I believe this one. Yep, this one has an SD card reader. So um, if you've got a micro SD or even a full-size SD card, it'll read both of those. So basically, it gives you back some of those ports and some of those other options that used to be on older MacBooks that are not in, uh, obviously, this newer MacBook. I, I have the uh, non-touch bar model of, I believe, 2017. It might be 2016 now, but... Um, it's either a year or two old MacBook, and it's only got the two USB-C ports on the left-hand side. And so this pl- this takes up both of them, but it gives me so many more options. So just the way it's performed for me uh, thus far, I can't recommend it enough. Actually, just looking at it, uh, opening the link, I realized that I have the exact same device. <laughs> <laughs> I just never yeah. use it. It's in my my uh my travel bag or my accessory bag for right for where i put all my cables and stuff like this that i take with me when i travel like i am right now but uh i never use it because i moved all my cable to usb-c so for example uh this microphone i'm speaking into uh has a, a usb-c end so i can play it in my in my macbook uh pro so everything, all my cables basically have been changed to USB-C, so I don't really need these adapters anymore. Uh, but it's always in my travel bag just in case I need more ports or I need like to put an SD card in there or something like that. Right. Yeah, it's because I hook up to an external monitor and I use 90% of the time I'm using my MacBook, it's on my desk hooked up to this monitor. It's perfect for me. Okay. Um, did we want to do the podcast one quick? Yes, let's do this. Okay. Um, I see the first one you've got listed here is the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, I, what do we even say about this? I feel, I feel like we got in early on this, right? We were listening to this before it became cool, before the Elon Musk interview and, and everything like that. Um, and I also feel not gross, but I feel weird being like, Oh yeah, I love Joe Rogan. You know, he's super cool. It's just a weird, but I just think there's a weird perception of him. If you listen to his podcast, so he has really intelligent people. Uh, on there um, from every field of science you could imagine. And I know you're thinking, well, why would I want to listen to somebody like that try to make it through these complex conversations? But there's just something about like being, you know, hearing an open-minded discussion of different viewpoints that is just so refreshing in, in kind of today's world, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what's funny to, to me in my personal experience is that I didn't know Joe Rogan was a host of Fear Factor. I didn't know he was a comedian <laughs> I didn't yeah. know he was an uh, MMA commenter or something, you know, because I'm not into and I'm not into MMA. I never really watched Fear Factor. I knew the name, but I never watched it. So I came uh, I came listening into this without any uh, preconception of who he was or what I what I would expect uh, from from his show. And um, like you said, there's a bunch of different people coming in. It's not always about science and things like this. Sometimes he has his comedian friends. Sometimes about uh, MMA fighting. So I usually, when I see this in coming up in my overcast feed, I just delete this, like these MMA things. You know, I see if he's a fighter. I'm like, I don't care about that. Or right. when it's his comedian friends, sometimes if I know the comedian by name, I can start listening. Those are some of my favorites, actually. They, they yeah. get really silly. <laughs> they get silly, but I feel like 
I feel this would be great if for for an eight hour drive, you know, something right. to have. But I, I feel like my time is limited because I can't work and listen to a podcast, you know. So right. when I'm working, it has to be music and simple music, no lyrics or anything like this, or else I lose my focus. So I can't listen to these like podcast episodes while I'm working. So when I'm when I when I listen to podcasts, it's usually actually when I'm uh, either up super early and there's nobody else that's up in my house, I put my AirPods and start listening. Or mostly when I go for my walks, you know, I go right. out and I walk for an hour. And that's when, so I have a very limited time where I can actually listen to podcasts and have my brain focus on this. So that's why I'm very selective in, in what I listen to. Um, but I really love the, uh, yeah, he's a, I, I feel like he's a very smart guy. He knows a lot of things about a lot of different topics. Um, right. and, uh, is funny, is, uh, not politically correct, which I really, really appreciate. Uh, and, uh, is a sensi- sensible, uh, is a sensible man, I think. And, uh, I very much align with a lot of, uh, his, uh, thinking. So highly recommend this. I mean, this is the top podcast, I think, on iTunes. So it's not like it's, an, you know, a little gem that we uncover right. <laughs> here for the people. I don't know but... if you guys have ever heard of this little ditty. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, but it's it's uh, yeah, it's definitely on my on on my feed and one of uh, that gets prioritized. Yeah, for sure. I also see uh, waking up with Sam Harris. I've heard of this one, uh, but I've never actually listened to it. What kind of what? I guess what is the vibe of this one? All right, I just started listening to this, and I'm listening to his back catalog because it's sometimes topical and doesn't really matter when you listen to it. Right, uh, evergreen. But, but yeah, it's kind of evergreen. Uh, he is basically, I think, he's a neuroscientist. Uh, is a writer, is an author, is a uh, what I guess would you would call an intellectual, like a guy who thinks a lot, you know, and has ide- you know, specific ideas about a lot of thing, things, and uh, is uh, is a liberal, like he is clearly a liberal. Um, and again, just like I, I feel very much aligned with a lot of Joe Rogan's ideas, I feel very much aligned with some of Sam and Harris's ideas. And again, I just dabbled into it, but I feel like I found something where, uh, like a very interesting podcast with where he hosts uh, interesting guests uh, on, it seems like on a regular basis. Um, so it's it's kind of, uh, you know, we're getting into like the political kind of thing with this kind of guy, but uh, it's also like a, uh, a, a believer in mindfulness. He has actually a uh, mindfulness application on the app store, which I just downloaded last night. I didn't give it a try yet. Uh, but right. you know, like meditation slash mindfulness. So he is like, a, a, I think he's a very interesting guy. And even if you don't agree with his ideas, I think you can listen to this and his guests. He has sometimes like very controversial guests. Um, and you can get something out of it, even if you don't, you know, agree with him i think you can get like another side of the story that is not extreme by the way this is not like an extreme kind of thing um like of his like far left or far right podcast that you can find on on itunes like this is very much i feel like centered uh in the middle and again very uh very sensible conversations and, and trains of thoughts there right Okay. Yeah, I might have to give that one a, a, a shot. Like I said, I I hear it brought up a lot on some of the other podcasts I listen to, so um might be worth checking out. Um the next one on the list, I don't think it needs an introduction either. It's the talk show, and this is with uh John Gruber. He's obviously the guy that runs uh, Daring Fireball. Um I think this one's just 
I like a lot just because of how it pertains to like the work we do. I, I I'll listen to these a lot, you know, over the weekend before we podcast on Monday, and it'll help add some color to uh uh you know maybe some news topics or some uh, topics of the week. It'll help add some color to that for me, so I can feel more informed or maybe just have a different viewpoint to look at it from uh, when me and you talk about it on Monday. So. Um, this is one, it just kind of depends on the guest. It's not one I listen to every week, but if it's a good guest, I really like hearing like Renee Ritchie, uh, really intelligent guy from uh, iMore. I like hearing him on there. Uh, Matthew Panzerino, uh, from TechCrunch is another favorite. Uh, so if one of these guys is on there, I'll for sure listen. Um, John Gruber just has a really good way of putting his thoughts into words. Um, it's not the most entertaining or exciting like interview style. Um, he's actually kind of a dull talking person, but, uh, um, just the breadth of knowledge about Apple. And again, just the way of able to formulate thoughts and words and ideas and to really think about Apple as a whole, uh, makes this a really interesting podcast for me. So, um, it's one that I've subscribed to. Uh, I won't listen to every episode, but I've listened to a lot of them for sure. Yeah. Very insightful podcast. I know. I know I listen to most podcasts, most episodes, except the one where where he has like some fillers. I would call, you know, I'm like, ooh, this one is a filler. Like you need it, you need <laughs> it to this like release this this episode. And you know, he has like some friend, and they, I don't know, like sometimes it's it's not that interesting. But 99% of his episodes are actually super insightful because, he, like you said, he always has great guests and they're all very knowledgeable, usually about Apple. Um, Mostly, I think about Apple, and he is extremely, extremely insightful uh, right. about about Apple. Uh, so, I mean, he, for as as far as Apple related podcasts go, this is definitely my top favorite uh, Apple podcast. I wish actually yeah. he had a proper schedule uh, where it was more regular because I, I find you myself do one for weeks. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I find myself sometimes being like, "Oh man, I I I, I want to listen to this guy," you know, and his guest. And uh, no, it's very irregular, which may, which is probably good because you know, he, if he forced himself to be on a schedule like every week or every other week, well, he might have some shows where he has nothing to say, and and then you know, he would st- maybe as a listener lose interest in in what he's saying. So. Right. Um, yeah, st- still my favorite podcast, my favorite Apple podcast out there. Um, the last one you have is one I've never heard of. Uh, it's short story long. What is this podcast? Yeah, it's a little bit uh, probably a more unknown one, uh, but I still feel like it's got a pretty big audience. So this is uh, the guy's name is Drama. I can't think of his actual name right now, but everybody I think would know him as Drama. He was on the if you ever saw. Uh, uh, Robin Big, right? So there's Rob Deerdick, the skateboarder. He was a pro skateboarder and, uh, uh, I don't know if he's a co-owner or brand ambassador of DC shoes, but, uh, uh, obviously got big on the MTV show Robin Big and then went on to like the fantasy factory. Um, this is his cousin that you saw on the show a lot. His name's Drama. And, uh, I believe he went on to found the company, uh, Young and Restless. Or young and reckless, sorry. And that's a uh, clothing company, right? I, I see the clothes, like I see the logo on a lot of clothes as you're out and about. So he's obviously doing pretty well with that. Um, but this is his format, his podcast to interview other entrepreneurs because, you know, even if you want to say, yeah, he got a helping hand because he had a famous cousin, he still built a clothing company from the ground up. So he has some decent insight there. And then he has other young, successful type people and it's a wide range of guests right he'll have his cousin rob on once or twice um and then he'll have founders of other um companies 
Um, one that really sticks out in my head, he had the, uh, the guy who founded, um, shoes.com. Uh, no, 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 uh, Zappos. That's what it was. It was Zappos. And that's a shoe website. And I believe it even might have started out as shoes.com. But just hearing that guy tell his story, how he eventually sold to Amazon for, I think, a billion dollars. Um, the way he started this company was there was no websites really that were selling shoes. So he would go to his local footlocker or whatever, take pictures of the shoes there, put them online, and he would sell those at a little bit of a markup. And then he would just go back to that store, buy the shoes at full price, and then ship them online. Like that's how he started that website. And then it just grew bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and then, yeah, eventually became Zappos and he sold to, to Amazon for a lot of money. So it was really cool to hear how basic that start. I mean, that's just unreal to me. Imagine saying, okay, I'm going to start a candy website. And I'm going to go down to the gas station and take pictures of the Snickers and the Reese's Pieces, and then I'm going to list them online for sale. Um, so anyways, you get a lot of the the detailed backstory. I'm not a, a huge fan of the interview style. It's very – you could tell he's getting better at it, but you could tell he's still kind of new at it too. Um, I think he's done several episodes. Maybe it's been on for a year or two, so he's gotten better, but – Still not my favorite interview style, but every once in a while I come across a, an invaluable episode like that where it just kind of blows your mind like, whoa, that's how that started. Um, so, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the ones that I'll check who the listener is every time. It's not something I just automatically play, um, but it's definitely in the rotation. So we're checking out if, if that kind of stuff interests you, entrepreneur, how they got their start. It, and it's not just people who build businesses. It's like, you know, professional athletes um, and uh, um DeAndre Jordan, I think, was just on there, a uh, famous basketball player. So uh, wide range of guests there. So I just looked at this guy's picture, and you mentioned <laughs> he was a um, cousin of a, a DC shoe founder? Yeah. Okay, so now if you tell me that this guy lived in the past 10 years in San Diego, I think I know him. <laughs> without, know, <laughs> without actually knowing who that he had, you know, I, 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 I met this guy before. I've, I know I had a... A girlfriend who was roommate with him or something like like a long like I think that's what it was. He was the roommate of my girlfriend or something, and that was like yeah, ten years <laughs> ago when I first moved to California in two thousand three. Um, so that was maybe two thousand four. So in, in two thousand four, if this guy lived uh, in San Diego, uh, that's <laughs> that's the guy I actually know, and I used to date his uh, roommate. <laughs> what a weird what a weird connection you just made here but okay his real name is uh chris faff p-f-a-f-f is his last name uh but obviously his kind of nickname is drama and yeah i think he was uh i think this guy lived in like ohio or something and uh he moved out to la to i think try to be a, a skateboarder with his cousin rob deerdeck and uh it didn't work out but he obviously ended up finding a path there yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah, good for him. <clears throat> okay, all right. That's that. That might be the end of it, and I'm losing my voice. <coughs> or you don't want to talk about your favorite politician and favorite religion of the year? <laughs> no, no. I, come on, <laughs> come on. He says, <laughs> "No, I think we did it. I think we did a good job here." Uh, all right, my friend. Uh, I'm gonna have to wish you and every person listening to this podcast uh, happy Christmas, uh, happy holidays. If you don't celebrate Christmas, and by the time you listen to this podcast, it might be over anyway. Um, so happy end of the year, and uh, I can't wait for next week's episode because next week's episode is gonna be the first episode of the year. Yeah, 
It'll be in the new year, and we'll be talking about uh, probably talking a little bit about what we expect to see from Apple over the next year. So, looking forward to that one. Yeah, and New Year resolutions. Maybe we can go back on last year's New Year resolutions and see how we did, and maybe propose <laughs> a few this year. Uh, let's not look back at those, but I'm down with everything else you said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talk to you next week then. Bye bye.